Well, Happy New Year. It is a new one, and I would imagine back at it. everybody is glad of that. I don't know what that means, other than as humans we like to partition things. and Just another day going by in the same season, all yet we write a different date. But optimistically, we hope for it to be better than the last year. It's another lap around the sun, some, like you said, insignificant point around the star. It's really not really even in the same spot because the galaxy and the solar system are moving in more than just one way. It's moving Z, back up and down. Me and the other 10 guys are off the field already because you have outkicked us. <laughs> so the solar system moves down, kind of like if you were to have the north part of the planet. Because all the planets... XYZ coordinate for Yes. So the planets all are on a plane, and they circle the solar system. I did know that. So the whole, so the whole circle, the whole solar system is moving down or towards south on our planet. So, if let's say you did have a time machine, and you is that the went, y coordinate? I think it's the Z. Okay. No, is it? It's X. That's X. X. Z is to and fro or whatever. Anyway, if you had a time machine. And you did go back a hundred years or wherever, you would just appear in space because the Earth would not be there a hundred years ago. Mm. You'd also your time machine would also have to be a spaceship because you would go back in time, and then you would also have to travel to wherever the Earth was if yeah. it transported you to the same spot in space. If there is a such a thing, that's debated. As this well. annoying sound is me wadding up my time machine plans. <laughs> Thank you very much. Back to the billboard, oh, boys. If we had a time machine to go back to the beginning of last year. Hey, it's Barbara Walters and it's 2020. Mm. <laughs> so sick of hearing so 20. Because every year people are like, 2019, see you later. Like every year. They're like blaming the year. It's like maybe it's your life choices that you need to blame. Not Maybe it's just inaccurate altogether. We have graduation nice. goggles when we get far enough away from time, but when we're right next door to the last quote time, we are very, uh, I don't know, like the right descriptor. I'll just say negative, but it's always so much. It's never like, no, can we have one more? Is there a leap year plus one? Nope. It's always like, <laughs> see you later. While we're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with our end topic, <laughs> um, you know, there are like, I don't know if it's leap centuries or what it's called, but we're on, are we on the Julian calendar? Which one are we currently using? I, There's an, don't, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. I have read articles talking, looking at historical yeah. facts way back what, and they're like, well, it would be this time, but it's only if you went by this calendar. I think the, yeah. I think the Julian one was before the one we're using. I think the one we're using now is invented by the Catholic church and it's got another, the Gregorian maybe like Pope Gregory or something. There is a Gregorian calendar, but I don't know if that was the one before or the one now. I think that's the one we're using now. And it does actually take that into account. Like there will be, I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime or if it's thousands of years from now, but there will be a point to where certain days will be gone out of a, I don't know if it's like a whole week will be gone out of a certain month just to make up for the, um, not exact times that we use like so every year every what four years we have an extra day but that's not even accurate enough so over time it it stretches it even more than that so there will be like whole like weeks i think that will be removed how do you the, think that will added. appear 
Um, they'll just be longer. Like it'll like be. It won't appear because the calendars we make are always just going to be what they are. But what do you like? It's going to go from of that season swinging that the our parents and or grandparents, depending on your age and generation, because you've heard that, right? What? Like the seasons aren't like they were when I was a kid, and I no, I don't gosh. really. Yeah. I've that's heard just that from I think a lot of folks. Yeah, I have. I think that's just earth graduation. Changing. But well, I think. I think what happens, what's going to happen to answer your question is, I think it'll go from like July 15th to, to July 25th on the calendar, just to keep the numbers correct or hmm. something like that. That's, that's anyway. beyond my mathematical <laughs> mind can put into like a visual context, which is how I think about everything. It just it's arbitrary anyway. It's all, it's all arbitrary because it's almost 365 days to go around the sun and that's how we you know blah 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 there's a so weird we, argument that if we had i believe it was 13 months and each month was exactly 28 days 28 I mean, days it, you may have already done this or may have heard this but i just it's i was probably a podcast or an article i don't know which media but it's been i have a long not time. heard this but the math works out perfect where this is not something that we run into. And I don't know if they were taking into account the whole thing you're talking about or well, they had to be because I don't know what else would be make calendars weird. But like, how would you ever institute that? I, right. Well, I don't think. I mean, nowadays we say stuff like that. How would you ever institute this or that? But I don't think. That's I always think what's the Julian calendar. Well I, th- well, I think the Julian calendar was only 10 months or something. Or some old calendar didn't have 12 months. So. Sounds about right. I don't know. Clearly, no one has downloaded and gone through the trouble. And if they're not gone yet, they soon will be to find <laughs> out. Hopefully, if they're curious. To find out nothing about a calendar. Which Well, if you were marking the weather down on your calendar, what is it today over there in your neck of the woods? Since we seem to always discuss that and my avian population out around the swimming pool. 41 degrees and uh, the, the smartwatch indicates sunny, but the window indicates very gray day. It's supposed to yeah, rain got, today from what I've told by others. I've got the blinds closed today, but I can tell it's not blue skies. So, I don't know if I talked about the hawk last time. Did I talk about it on the podcast? That, I don't or was know. that after we the cover show? So many, I don't remember. Yeah, it may be the secret <laughs> back door you got to pay to get us from Patreon thing, but yeah. I don't remember. But Are you I know saying you have an OnlyFans page? Yeah. It's, I, I record everything sure we do. Is. So today they're getting like a bonus two and a half hours. Of rambling. I hope you weren't recording the pre the pre show. Mm, we um the post and everything. I don't think we've ever made it a secret that um uh, that we're Mac users, and we both have recently downloaded the latest Mac, which is Big Sur. So we had to have a longer pre record test out thing. I'm not blowing your ears out, Emma. No, my uh All my VU good. meter and my peak RMS meter when I speak are like. Going way up, higher than I remember them going. Big sir. <laughs> yes, sir. No, sir. Well, I do believe the temperature's about the same here. So, now we've got that covered. There are no animals living in the Rock City birdhouse. I think I need to move it or get it up higher where I can get some creatures in there. Yeah, I, I, thought, I always think birdhouses are cool. Like you see them, like the one you have or, or various ones that represent a little beach house or Fill in the blank wherever you're at, tourist shopping. But the reality is, because I, I, I had someone say this to me one time, 
you, you're really more fascinated by bird feeders. And I'm like, no, they, cause they're not that ornate looking or, you know, eye pleasing the better words. Cause I, I think the little rock city one looking like a little barn is kind of cool, but you're not really getting uh, other than the little homesteading, of course, but you don't get the same like daily, uh, I don't know, dopamine hit, I guess. But if you get a feeder for birds or b- birds and other things, that's really where all the fun's at. I think anyway, yeah. and I mean, I did originally have that point of view because I'm like, no, they they're they're just kind of um, utilitarian. They don't really have a cool look about them, like feeders. The, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. they can, um, especially the ones for the hummingbirds tend to be a little bit more ornate. But ultimately, they're just we've looking got a, for nectar. We've got four um, good looking ones, I think, bird feeders, but they're. Um, we stopped putting food in them probably four or five years ago because it, they throw them all on the ground and it starts growing up these huge corn stalks. So it's like, I don't get tired of doing this. Yeah. So you so they have just four hang there. less ornate things in the yard. No, they're, they're good looking. Like they're, they're you metal. Know what I mean though, they're not as cool looking yeah. as like little houses. I mean, that's just kind of like. I no, think, they're not. I think it's why people though. like uh, babies. The I birds still why. land on them and they probably cuss me because there's no food in it. <laughs> right. Oh, stupid guy. There's just something novel about small things like with babies, kittens, dogs, where even if it's a baby, anything is always like, ah, and I think a birdhouse is kind of like a baby house. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like there's something about mm-hmm. like, and I'll, the flip side of that's true too. Like if you saw a, <laughs> a rock city house that was like 12 times the size of a regular barn, <laughs> that would be remarkable too. It'd be like, wow, a pterodactyl has a place to nest. I wonder if anybody's ever seen an actual um, Rock City barn, like painted, like you know, see Rock mm. City, and they were like, "Look, they made their barn look like one of those bird little house. ones you can buy." <laughs> yeah, it's like the little birdhouse. It's been so. It's got long. horses and stuff in it. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. Have you ever been to South Dakota? Yes, through it. Do you remember That's Wall where, Drug? Uh, yes, we stopped there. It was it was highly overrated. Yeah, bunch of junk and 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 that but, comes from what I consider, which is what I was getting to, because Rock City is a great advertising campaign with the what they did and how they did it. The yep. the Wall Drug family, uh, for anybody who's about to embark on a South Dakota trip by car, you will know what we're talking about. And again and again and again, yep. because yep, they were on the interstate because that's obviously what we were on. I'm just like reviving the memory in my head, but they weren't always like billboard. If I remember right, like they would be, you no, know, some of them were signs, small. Yeah. Which just seemed like odd. just weird ones. And they'd be like right after it. So you'd read one and the next one, and the next one. And I was like, these, those are weird, but they were intriguing. So that's, yeah. they, they did what they were supposed yeah, to exactly. do. Exactly. It was, and I don't know. It seemed I like. I had never heard of it before. The, like I know now everyone's supposed to know about it. Like some of these people listening may not know what Rock City is, if they're out of our region. Um, but I never heard of Wall Drug before, and apparently, once I we Googled it, I think on the interstate, and I was like, "Oh, it's like a big tourist attraction." Obviously, mm-hmm. so we did stop, and it has like all those old plastic like toys, like cork guns and just junk you don't need, and shot glasses. And Which originally it was an apothecary, stuff. I believe, right? Yeah, I think it was a drugstore. Yeah, I don't know if it still has the drugstore in it. We we stopped late, and I think the main one was closed. It was almost like a mini mall. The whole thing's like a giant. Crappy mini mall. Seemed like something out of a Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Yes. So, I think it there, did have dinosaur, dinosaur things. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> it was missing Pee-wee. was an Alamo. <laughs> yeah. Large Marge. And a big red me. bike. 
Oh, Pee Wee Herman. What a weirdo. Did you get to watch the uh, conversion of the gas giants, Saturn and Jupiter? No, I was available, but, um, oh, that was, I think peak day was actually the day of my conversion from yeah. a person who could <laughs> produce offspring to a person who could not. Yep, it was that day. So that I, evening. I was snoozing after uh, late that, by, by the sunset, I was already retired to, I don't know, because my family indicated to me that um, the day after, or maybe the day after that, that. I, I'm like, we're all around and you know, there's a lot of stuff you can watch with kids and there's way more that you shouldn't watch around kids. So it's a select thing at times for us to have a show that we all like that's appropriate for kids of all ages. And the Man- Mandalorian is one of those at my house. And I'm like, Oh, everybody's around, you know, let's, you know, get a snack and watch this and pull it up on the television, go to the Disney app. And it's like middle of the circuit or what the grid or whatever you call it, the layout of episodes. And I'm like, well, that's weird. But I, I mean, I see weird things happen a lot of times with apps and I don't really pay any mind, but I'm thinking, I don't know. This, this seems like, like it's not only on a different episode, but like there's some watched showing indication here. And I start accusing everybody like, did y'all start this without me? And in unison, son, daughter, and wife all say, you started these and watched them all yesterday. Zero recollection of it. <laughs> So you should not watch your favorite or one of your favorite shows under the influence of like uh, pre-op medication and or any kind of pain medication because you won't enjoy it because you probably won't remember it because I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Y'all aren't huge Star Wars fans. I know you're not haters, um, but do y'all like the show then? Is it pretty good? Oh, yeah. I think everybody likes it. It's, I can hear uh, myself echoing today. Does it sound echoey to you? No. Sounds normal. Mm, well, people are listening and you can hear Echo and it's annoying you. I'm kind of sorry, but at the same time, we spent hours trying to get ready, so <laughs> maybe it's just in my mind. Anyway, yeah. back to Star Wars. So y'all do like it? Yeah, it's um, it's just different. I think it's all, obviously, all Star It's a Star Wars. Have you finished it? No, no, no. <laughs> That's the okay. other side part is um that day we finished episode one of season two and i've hear a lot of people speak really highly of this second season and i thought the first season was great so i'm looking forward to it but it's just like so many things we just don't nail down time to do it because there's for whatever reason other things right. jump on the screen it's good i think it's i would even say it's probably a great show it may be the number one show in the country right now um it is good it's got a good payoff it could have been better um but yeah, it's great. Speaking of, though, what's got me interested, and every time I watch shows like this, whether it's Star Wars or any kind of like interplanetary travel, I'm always like, well, first of all, this will probably never be possible because of physics, because not every single planet, if we were ever even able to visit said planet, is going to have the same size and gravity and blah, blah, blah. But on top of that, if everyone was kind of humanoid, like look like a person, imagine the problems with vaccines and disease like you would have to have 780 vaccines a day just to be able to go travel to those places and not i mean if if their diseases were able to be transmitted just like interspecies which you would think they probably would i guess i don't know it's all fantasy so who knows yeah that's the part that i've never heard mentioned you're a far more consumer of sci-fi than me just for whatever reason um i I like it but 
has that ever been in any book you've read, listened to, or show? Just like that it's sort more, of. Yeah, it's it's more in the, like Star Trek would have more stuff like that in it, like inner species diseases, blah blah blah. But they were but they were Star so Trek advanced a, with medicine. There was a lot of ways right, around. Yeah. Right. Star Trek had a had a um, tendency to treat other species as races rather than species, and they would even say as much. And they would, but you know, it was just a reflection of what they know on Earth, like what you know, to make other people enjoy it. So they can relate to the show, but really these other people would be a different species. So technically most of their diseases probably wouldn't um, affect everyone, though they could eventually. But they made it seem like, you know, it was just like they were like the Klingons or whoever the aliens were, were just a different race. And there were no really differences. They were just a different race where they actually were different species. You know, they're different than like a dog or, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, they did talk about it. And I've never heard it in anything else I've watched. Because most everything else is usually the same. They're all human. So, anyway. You think the Mandalorian would get his COVID vaccine? Mm, I don't know. He's pretty tough. But I, I don't know. I, I, I have not uh, absorbed enough of him to know, is he a go-along, get-along guy or, or the total upside, the total renegade? I feel like he's somewhere in the spectrum of that, but I don't know that. What is your, nothing to do, you know, don't touch spoilers or anything, but what's your impression of his character? Or is it more complicated than, than you could put on a slider? Um, I think he's somewhere in the middle. Some, he's definitely a stubborn individual. Um, obviously he's a Mandalorian and this is the way, so he is tribal to an extent, but he has the ability to be open-minded. Right. So I think he can, he definitely is one of these type of people who can weigh the facts for himself and decide. He doesn't just go by what someone else says and what he's always known, like traditional knowledge. I think he definitely would um, be open-minded to logic and reason and uh, experts being experts and not thinking that it's all a conspiracy, at least. Well, I mean, of course the empire is, but not getting the vaccine, I don't think he would think it was. So to uh, peel back your Mandalorian helmet, will you get the vaccine? Oh, I've already got it. And what do you have to report to everybody as far as what your experience was? And do you, they tell you which one I was through. Did you have Pfizer or Moderma? Had Moderma. Anything to report? So, uh, just arm soreness. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Um uh, you know, a lot of stuff go when you, you know, there's the placebo effect for things. So as soon as I got it, um, you, you know, after you get any vaccine, they want you to sit around for 15 minutes and just be sure you're not going to have an allergic reaction. Um, in our case, we're in phase one a, so we were able to go get it and it was not a drive up where we, where they're doing it here. It was actually in a high school gym and it was set up great. Like I don't have any qualms with how by, it was done. It was all socially distanced. Yes, you'd sign up via email, but I don't think they were necessarily enforcing your time exactly. They did check your name off a list um, to make sure you were on the list because there's also been reports in certain areas that anybody that shows up, they're giving it to, which it's great. I think people are getting vaccinated, but we do need to stick with the the phasing, which I'm sure we'll get into those reasons here in a little while. 
Um, but they had it set up nice. So they, you know, you go in, do all your stuff, paperwork, blah, 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 go over to the nurse's stand and it's all socially distanced and it's around the whole perimeter of the gym. There's probably, there were probably 10 or 12 people that could get it at the same time. And there were probably the same number of people that could fill out paperwork and it was all spaced apart and blah, blah, blah. Um, but instead of sitting around like you normally would after getting a shot, they just tell you to wait in your vehicle and make sure you're not going to have any reactions. So sitting out there, I was thinking, here goes the placebo effect. I'm going to think everything now for the rest of the day is some kind of reaction to this vaccine. Like <laughs> um, my tongue is going to start swelling and it did start feeling weird. And I was like, it's just my mind. Nothing's really weird, you know, with this vaccine. And of course it wasn't. It went away after I started thinking about it. But I did get the arm soreness a couple of hours later and... uh it was pretty persistent for about two and a half days. Um, so I have ha- make it relative to vaccines for anybody else. Like you've had flu shot. I know you've had to have had uh, all the vaccines for mm-hmm. school that everybody has for college and grad school, which would be like uh, tetanus. That's the most notorious one. And only by that do I mean is it pretty much is always going to make people's arms sore. Where the flu shot, that's a mix every year. I Give a lot I've of never those. gotten sore from the flu shot. And from, I don't remember what year or what flu season it was, but there there has been one above all the rest that seemed to be, it was just the serum, for lack of better words, or the solution inside must have been more of an irritant to the deltoid tissue than other years because it was nearly everybody told me that eh, I had some soreness. Whereas there's times that, I mean, I think this year's flu shot, I did not feel it at all. Not, not just I don't think, administration, but like I did not have any soreness. Right. I don't, I don't think I've had soreness from any type of injection really before uh, our vaccine. I don't get injections of any kind, um, except I've had issues with um, antibiotic, like pushing ceftriaxone or something like that. Um, I think it's ceftriaxone when they don't really recommend that anymore. But to make to answer your question, how does it compare to anything else? I guess it's similar to tetanus. I do remember getting a tetanus. Um, I think it was just tetanus. I don't think it was Tdap or uh, it may have been TD, which is tetanus and diphtheria. But I do remember maybe being sore from that one time, um, but it was kind of like that. So it was, your arm's just sore. It's not, um, it doesn't burn or... It just kind of aches a little bit, and it's generally around the deltoid, which is the top rounded part of your shoulder um, that connects down to your arm. Um, it's sore there, and it pretty much was down to my elbow. It got a little sore, and oh, so it didn't hurt like we're getting close to the nerve. That, at least in my mind's eye, that's how you're feeling it down to your elbow. Maybe. Um, it it just wasn't irritation. like... Yeah, it wasn't sharp pain, or it didn't feel like you had an injury per se. It was just kind of just sore like almost like you maybe you had worked out the day before and and you were just sore from working out and i've heard some people like couldn't lift their arm up because it was just it was just you know weak from it mine wasn't that bad it it was unpleasant sometimes to lift it certain ways um, but that went away quickly other than that there was nothing yeah i didn't have any um, fever or anything at all from it so it wasn't uh, i was like the other 90 something percent of people who have you can't even tell you've gotten it. Yeah, the worst that I would be able to self-report by name, and I won't name this person since I haven't asked their permission, but they could not, like if you're pointing, like over there is the football field, you know, parallel to the ground, they could not raise their arm past that level, like to point at the sky. And I don't know if can't meant because the pain was so much or it actually caused weakness. That's 
And now that sounds weird, but that's how I'm, I think details are important. So I just wanted to put it that way. I imagined is because of the soreness and not necessarily like an inability to do it. It's just like we said, like you had a really hard shoulder workout yesterday and you really overdid it or you haven't worked out since last January and you're decided to do it now. And it's not like, you know, if I give you $10,000, I bet you could find a way to get your hand to this guy. But for all intents and purposes, it ain't going past a certain point because it just hurts too much. Right. I have uh. not heard. I mean, obviously, there's the literature um, about injection site reactions that are anything from that soreness to redness and even swelling to people having anaphylactic reactions, which are still rare. By that, I mean, yes, they're reported and yes, they do happen, but we're talking less than 1%, uh, believe 0.5%. Um, but that, that's not the best numbers because uh, we don't have, you know, years and years of this yet. I know there are some uh, MDs and masters in public health that are working on doing a better analysis of that so they can have more accurate numbers, not to, looking for anything to de- deceive or change anything, but just to have a little bit better statistics. So you haven't had yours yet, then? No, and I'm not opposed. I um, think it will be helpful for not only my own health, but my family, community, and, you know, everybody around me. Just the general idea of public health when it comes to vaccinations. That's right. It's just the best thing for what we're dealing with right now. And it worked in the past for X, Y, and Z thing you want to fill in that was – medical nuisance or pandemic or whatever to society, the things that we've been able to create vaccines for, they, you know, some things are gone now and that's always a good thing. I think a lot of these people are just anti, like it kind of goes back to our tribal episode where they're just against it because certain people on their team are against it. Like they're, they're irritated about being in quarantine. They're irritated about having to wear a mask. And this is just another extension of that so they're going to be against it just because it has to do with um the protocols and things for the disease like to to try to quell the disease or flatten the curve as they've been calling it which i guess it did work while it was going on it's just you can't i get people get are getting covid fatigue so there i think this is just part of that and it's unfortunate because they're the the science behind the vaccine isn't bad i mean i know it's it's a lot of the people are mostly conservative or right wingers, and I saw I have a lot of friends who are that way. Um, but every healthcare professional that I know that is right wing, um, which is a lot of them, are still getting the vaccine. They're not letting politics control them, so they're they're getting it. Um, it's people who aren't necessarily educated in healthcare or how vaccines work or what they are who are against it and they're just letting politics play with their health when they really shouldn't. Cause there's, I heard one person tell me that she didn't want to get it because she heard it had, it was, they're using baby fetuses to make it mm-hmm. like aborted fetuses to make it. Yeah. I, I don't I, know I, if I there's any stem cell n- research <laughs> stuff going into it. I have like not seen that stem cell. I have data. not either. So and I've tried to consume a lot just so I had more than, what everybody could pick up off of a, a Newsweek or CNN when in our discussion. It just seems if that was true, more people would be running with that. I'm not going to say they didn't use some sort of stem cell type stuff to develop it, but I'm pretty sure they're not growing it in aborted babies and then sending it out in vials, which is what she was getting at. And I've seen a lot of crazy stuff like that from 
from people. So you have it, had it. So yeah. before you had it, were you ever on the fence about it? Because I'll tell you, I was. Oh, yeah. Liter- sure. Meaning literally on the fence. Now, I wasn't like opposed to it, and now I'm looking to get it. But I was just like, I don't know, because it's everything, you know, mm-hmm. we weigh risk versus well, have benefit. The, and you've had the idea like, well, we've made it this far without being positive, and we're highly exposed. Um, our, you know, our industry, we're highly exposed. Are there a lot of people come that have the disease and like, if you made it this far without getting it, you know, maybe I can keep going. And plus, yeah, it's a new vaccine and we're science minded, obviously, because science is the base for healthcare. Um, you know, all the possibilities of, you know, how cl- clinical phases go, you know, the different phases. And this one has not had phase, um, four trials or even three. I mean, it had, you know, they, both of them had, um, I guess it would be considered a phase three trial. Yeah. They um, finished three, four is the ones that when what, no matter what drug, not the vaccine, that's, that is part right. of when it's released to the public is there's the ongoing study as the part four of that to gather more data because mm-hmm. you're going to have far more recipients. So we know that it's possible for things to come out later with drugs in general. Um, Though I will say this also while we're talking about that, we do acknowledge that, but these things have not been seen. Those type of problems haven't really been seen in vaccines. Not really, not in, not in the huge majority of them. There have been some issues with live vaccines. Um, like I think there was a problem with the polio vaccine at one point where it did make some people sick because it was a live strain and they had a weakened immune system. So it gave an issue, but those kind of vaccines almost don't exist anymore. And this one doesn't even have any type of vaccine in it at all, which I mean, um, virus, virus wild, right. in it at all. Right. Um, which was, you know, it's new, it's novel technology, just like the virus is novel to the human. Like it's it novel just means it's unknown. Like it's this, the MRNA technology to to use MRNA to do things, um, itself isn't brand new, but it's never been put in a human vaccine. I don't know about animals, but it's, it's never been used before. So the fact that it hasn't been used, of course, is going to give people caution. You know, it's sure. going to make you, you know, like, you know, well, this and, isn't And no and, one should just accept everything. Like to, right. to me, to flip that around, even it is healthy to have some amount of skepticism in last period. Right. Yeah, but for sure. But not let that go beyond the margins of uh, normalcy is a bad word to use because that implies like, like just going along with the herd. But, you know, it shouldn't just like rule all your decisions with some sort of skeptical mind. Right. And, and everybody's afraid, like you're going to see these commercials later on 20 years. Did you get the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine in between 20 and 2021? And now you're experiencing, you've grown a third eyeball. And like, you know, it, it, that's not really something that's happened that could happen. Or more likely um, five years from now. There are things that we don't understand, to- at least totally. I'm not trying to mock anybody in any of these fields I'm about to make examples of, but things that do develop in people's lives as adults, whether it be MS or anything like that, that's where I see the sort of ambulance chasing coming on is like if there is yeah. the remotest link to anything, there will be the, those legal commercials about those kind of things. And and who's to say, by no means, we were joking about a time machine earlier, it's not like you and I are from five years ahead of now going, it's not a problem. Things could turn up, but with all that we know, which is every decision that's ever made, whether you're talking about politics and war or anything historical, all you have is the information in front of you, and you make the best decision with the information you have now. And 
one of the things that makes this information feel a little more sketchy is how fast when people research or hear people talking on television or podcasts or whatever about how long it takes to develop vaccines themselves, not just drugs, but vaccines. It is a long process. There are a few good videos out there. I've watched one that explains really well, like this is the traditional format. And the, the doctor that was kind of explaining it all called it the go, no go periods. Like you would, you have this first novel uh, vaccine and you go from the first part of the phases to the second point and, and it's, do we keep going? And that's not just based on the safety data. And this is where I know people aren't going to like this, but every person listening to this has something in common with this. If you go to work, it's to make money. Plain and simple. I know people don't like to talk about money because it's all kinds of emotions, but there's nothing wrong with people making money. Now, people like to draw lines and say, well, you shouldn't be able to make too much money. And that's another argument for another podcast because that's nothing I'm going to be part of. But I'm just washing that to the side because there's there's scientists that worked on this technology that you're referring to, again, not into the human use and in, in a vaccine. But the mRNA technology that was used for this has been in the works for 30 years. Again, not in this right. vaccine. And you and I know that. And it's getting to be more and more current knowledge. But parts of this are not just fly-by-night information. It was polished over time to be ready for whatever. And it, thankfully so. Because now it's right and used for other things, right? Which is also a factor in how fast they could manufacture this and develop it. Because it's well, that's known. what I was going to get to that no go thing. So right. if you go through in your mental imagery here with me from left to right in your mind, because that's how I'm going, and you get to these stopping points of investigation and exploration with vaccine in animals and then in humans and so on and so forth. Each time they're having to see like, is it worth it? Is it worth a billion dollars based on the data we have? And I, there's going to be, I would say millions. I don't have any data on this because the point I'm about to make, there are so many things that have failed or are unsafe. I don't know that there's any way to go and account for all that. Maybe it's somewhere they're all in FDA files or whatever, but if it makes it to a certain point, all right, this met the endpoints we were looking for. We're willing to invest so forth. So, so, the reason this is different and the reason this was at quote warp speed is because those parts were taken out of the situation in terms of the money because the U.S. government said we will buy these. They may fail, but we're saying on the front end, every one of these stopping points where you have to look at your investors or whoever all involved monetarily, we got all that. Now, that may be a terrible right. move. It doesn't look to be so far. Thankfully, and hopefully that this, you know, cross our fingers works so that I hope that sort of understanding about why things take so long is because as everybody knows with their job or their household or whatever, when you take start, you know, start making big money decisions and you have investors and stockholders and all these things, those are not just made in a 15 minute meeting. They're made in probably 1,500 15-minute <laughs> meetings. Mm -hmm. So that all was erased. So that just led them to the data that they were looking at and no concerns about the monetary things because we basically just said we're going to buy it as, as a government. Now they're almost given a blank check. Right. So now the logical question here is how does that affect the government? As the one doctor who was giving this talk said, in about five years, this is going to show up in the deficit. You know, this is, you know, there's no magic wand. Nobody's doing it for free, but that's something, this was just the best move for what we're dealing with because of, you know, no need to rehash what COVID is for the world at this point. But I hope that makes this maybe a little bit more understandable and not to think like safety was curtailed. No, 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 no. 
All of that was followed through. FDA still had to give approval in the end of all the data and everything that went involved in this. That's why this was able to be fast-tracked compared to any other scenario with the vaccine because of the money in each one of those little stopping points. And I don't know how many there were, whether it was just three or if there was 30, right. but each time when a company like me and you, if we were doing some sort of venture, we would have a checkpoints to say like, all right, are we on track with what we think we were piling into this? Yes, no, maybe, you know, and evaluate as you go. Cause that's just smart business. And they don't have to worry about that because we're going to buy it. Even if it's a failure. And we do have to, and it's, you know, you can, I can say I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to scare people away. Cause obviously I think everyone should get it, but if you didn't say it, then you're going to have detractors say, well, you actually, you always have the guy actually, hmm. Neither of these that we're using right now, the um, and they won't be, um, Moderna or Pfizer, are actually, quote, approved vaccines for the prevention of COVID or the treatment of COVID-19. There is no approved vaccine yet, quote, approved. That doesn't mean that they're, that they're unsafe and they can't be used. Emergency the it's just a technicality. Yeah, it's an EAU, an emergency authorization use. Uh, or maybe it's an EUA. It's emergency authorization they can it can be used that the fda and this and has allowed for it to be manufactured and distributed and given to the population Based and that's the, the case everywhere and the data and it's not and it's not like corners were cut um and they're just saying oh god we got to do something let's just shoot it like with a shotgun no that's not how it that perception is incorrect that's false like you said they did this is based on science and not just like where people use the term, oh, it's science for everything. This had has a history. Um, so it's not some willy-nilly, they've only developed it in this past eight months. That's just not true. The technology's been around. Just the ability to get it into a vaccine for um, and use it on the mass population took less time because of all the reasons you said and a few more. Um, but it's still not technically approved. So before anybody hounds us or says, well, they don't know what they're talking about because there is no approved vaccine. Technically, that's correct. But it does, you can use it. It is, And they have deemed it uh, an appropriate situation to to use it for, for this. So I just wanted to throw that in there. And I know that'll automatically give people all the ammunition they need to say, well, if it ain't approved, I ain't using it. Well, okay. Um, and I'll likely which is why I'm hesitant to say anyway. it. But whatever. Yeah, I would. that's probably the truth. They probably wouldn't. And then you have the people who um, I would like to address that don't get the flu shot. Like, well, I never get the flu shot, and this seems like it's going to be the same thing. And maybe it is. I don't, I don't think so because this virus, there are different types of viruses, which we'll talk about in a second as well. Um, this one doesn't mutate fast enough to where a vaccine would be ineffective. Like based on adenoviruses, right? That's, that's it, a, it's a stupid thing to say. Have I've got this little catchphrase that covers me. But it's the truth. And because I I get some questions at time when I'm having these meaningful conversations. And I have to say that at some point, like there may be new information later that might even negate what I'm saying now or what we've been doing. But everybody keep in mind, this is brand new. It's a brand new problem. Yeah, it's a novel virus, which means we've never seen it in humans before. I'm not saying that you won't have to get a COVID vaccine every year. Um, but it may be because of other reasons. It, it, it's, it probably won't be because of mutating virus. The virus does mutate. All of them do, but it doesn't mutate in a way where the vaccine is ineffective. Now, it, it may be that your body doesn't keep 
antibodies to it um, long enough to be effective. And you may need to re-up kind of like you have to get um, what a tetanus shot every so often or a Tdap. They don't last forever. It may be something more like that. Um, whereas the flu shot's totally different. It is the, the flu virus does mutate enough to where you do need a different injection every year just to be sure that it'll cover the different strains of the flu. But right now, how the virus is, you don't, you want, that's not a, that's not an issue at the moment. Like there's not enough variant between different strains to where this one won't be um, successful in preventing it. Right. And an, and another way to say that with an illustration was if you have, uh, you know, how people play, uh, you know, whether it's poker or uh, all the various card games, uh, let's just say you have three spaces on the dealer's table or the table you're playing where cards can lay, you know, face up, obviously, and there's 52 cards in a deck and you've got three cards there. That's my illustration for possible variants in what we know in the coronavirus that we're dealing with. The flu, using the same illustration, instead of having only three places where there can be cards, where you could have th- those three different combinations, it's more like 16. And, and these are not exact numbers. These are just best I can mm-hmm. remember from something that I had studied early on when we were first learning about this. And that, again, may have changed as well. as nothing I've read or seen has indicated still yet any difference in that. It's potential variants based on what we understand about the sequence of the virus itself just does not lend itself to have so much of a radical change. Therefore, we assume, based on past medical knowledge and experience with things, that we're going to have a lot more coverage with things going forward. Again, there could be some unseen thing that's just brand new science, and that that's you know that's the magic card of all things but just compared to all we know which is the only relevant conversation it does not have the ability to be you know it'd be like uh animals that have the ability to be like in white-tailed deer you need to be the standard color that we all see that various shades of brown to almost looking gray sort of parts of the winter to you have albinos and then there's a mixture that's called a pie ball that's pretty much the way you're going to see a deer or a white-tailed deer in north america to the best of my knowledge versus a cat how many different ways do cats come i I don't know (laughs) i have a black cat and that's all i know but i do i do know there's all these other terms tabby and there's orange and there's all these different as far as the looks go it's still a domestic cat but just in the coat that's more like the flu the deer analogy here is more like the coronavirus from all the current understanding just not a lot of variability in that and that's important for vaccines, not just some weird illustration I'm using, because if you think of vaccine in some sort of uh, animated way, it's you got to have the ability to recognize when this thing has come on board to you. And you could think of it as being vaccinated or having had it previously gives your body the ability to recognize it. Otherwise, then we have a problem and then you end up having their immune response to whatever the thing is you're dealing with. So I guess I would think. We're assuming a lot here that people know how vaccines work and what they are and why you have vaccines for some things and not others. Um, I guess we should say, just if we're going to cover bases here, what a vaccine actually is generically and then how an mRNA vaccine and what an mRNA actually is, is different from standard like a flu shot or an MMR shot or you know hepatitis or any of those things um just to, if, if people wonder 
Sure. I'll have, I'll have standards or... and definitions. So I'll, I, we, I think we talk about okay. the standard of something every time. And just the definition of vaccine is any product that will stimulate uh, a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. So I guess it's a little bit more than me saying any product. But it's a product that's designed to do that, um, which then will protect the person from that disease. So it is like a, a pseudo flu or pseudo, you know, it's it's. It's creating a mimicry within your body of being exposed to whatever the thing is without having to go through with the pain and the possible risk, whether that's up to death or not, of whatever it is that they're trying to vaccinate against. Right. So almost all vaccines are not live. They're, they don't have anymore. the actual ingredient in them right anymore that can cause the disease. They have either... A, like a ground up, you can think of taking a virus and grinding it up into pieces. And technically, science now says that viruses aren't alive, but let's just say, let's just use the term live and dead because it's easier for everyone to understand. Take a virus, you grind it up in a grinder, and you have pieces of it. Your body recognizes um, invaders by certain proteins that are on the surface or wherever of that invader. Your body, your immune system recognizes it. It starts creating antibodies and, um, your, your helper cells start attacking those things and it gets rid of the invader that way. So what most vaccines are, are mimicry of those pieces or they are the actual disease that is dead or not alive in any way. Um, with very few exceptions, there is, there is one live flu vaccine, the flu mist, which is given nasally for people who just can't handle needles without having uh, some kind of nervous attack. So that's available or for really small kids or things like that. And I'm like not that. sure if that's still on the market. I, know I don't know if it is or not either. It's nearly impossible to find, and I don't know if that is a result of it's not a disc. I don't believe that it was discontinued because of any uh, adverse effects are so bad. Although it did have more adverse effects because of the live, it I had more people that I would hear saying, "You know, I, I felt exactly like I had the flu getting this." It was right. only a couple of days, and of course, they did not have the flu, but their body was just reacting like they had it, and that's what it's supposed to do. It's right. it's having an immune response because it thinks you have the disease, so it's doing everything in its power to fight it. And so you feel like you might have it temporarily. You cannot get the flu from the flu shot. No matter no matter if you got the flu shot and then you got the flu the same day, the next day, or within a week, you did not get it from that flu shot. You got it. If you did, like in you fact, have the it. flu, you just got it. Like you didn't have time from the vaccine to do its job to help prevent you from getting it. But like he said earlier, you can't have the feeling that you might have had it. Um, right. but you will not get the disease from the vaccine. So there's those types of vaccines. So you may say, okay, you read something that says it's an inactivated vaccine or it's, so what does that mean? That just means it's a dead vaccine. It's not alive in any way. And they can't accidentally put live vaccine in, in, in a dead vaccine. That's just not how it is. And then there are, um, vaccines that are just pieces of the invader and your body recognizes it that way. And then this new one would be like, um, protein or, um, what's the other term they use for it for MRNA. It basically goes into your body 
the MR, mRNA is messenger RNA. So what RNA does is it tells nucleic parts of acids. your cells. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, the, yeah, nucleic acids. You can have DNA and RNA versions, although I don't know if a DNA, for at least not for vaccines, because um, it's all novel and new. But what messenger itself RNA does, what RNA in your cells that you naturally have does, what all of it does is it tells your body to make certain proteins. And so the way that this um, COVID vaccine works is by utilizing an artificially created RNA strain or an mRNA strain, which just stands for messenger RNA. So it's it's got a coating around it inside the um, vaccine that you inject it into your cell, into your arm, and your cells take it up. It goes inside your cells. It doesn't go in the nucleus of your cell, just into the general cytoplasm. And that RNA that you injected just has your cells manufacture the spike protein that your body recognizes as a foreign invader. So when your body recognizes that you have COVID, it does so by recognizing that spike protein, or at least that's one of the things it recognizes. But for the most part, it's that spike protein. And what that spike protein is, is just a, um, a, a feature the, that's on the outside of the cell. And it's like yes. the outer, it'd be like, we could do this whole talk with cats. It is, it is literally <laughs> like the fur, the color and everything of this cat, if we want to call coronavirus a particular cat that's attacking us. So yes. we've got this thing designed that our own cells will produce fur or we'll call it even fur-like proteins. So, again, going back to my analogy of your immune system as a recognizer and attacker of things, it's creating all of these hairs or pelts of cats or however you want to think about that. And it's teaching our body that, oh, Oh wait, we've got we've got an invader. We've got another cat in here. When in fact, you, as in this story goes, no, there's not a cat. We just got a bunch of fur in there, tricking the mm -hmm. system into thinking we've got a cat snuck in right. there, and then antibodies and T cells are produced for further use. So you're, so it it does that. It has your body produce those things, and like he said, yeah, you're the one producing the um. The, the the spike protein, but your body will still recognize it as foreign. Um, and therefore, you'll start building up antibodies to it and hopefully immunity. Now, a lot of what what intelligent people or, you know, something that I have thought, and it's like, well, can you have a runaway effect of that? Like, what if that mRNA that you, that the manufactured mRNA that you now injected just goes crazy and it just takes over all, you know, everything and your, your body just does doing nothing but produce those? Well, that's... That's not possible because the messenger the RNA short-lived. Yes, like they're even they were even worried that it would be effective at all because it it would be broken down. It's very fragile, very fragile. They were worried it would be broken down before it even started doing its job. Um, so that's what they created those protective the protective coating around it. The, it's like a lipoprotein mm -hmm. around the mRNA, which that goes away as well when it gets into your cell. And so it breaks down really quickly. So the likelihood of that happening is, is probably 0%. Um, so, so you don't have to, it's not, it doesn't even affect your DNA. I've heard people say, what's well, going to go in there and make you think different. It's going to make your no. DNA start producing these other things. And there's, there's okay. Well, if you're smart enough to worry about that, then bravo. I'm glad that there are people who can worry and think, cause that means, you know, yeah, you're, you have a good, good skeptical mind. That's great. Cause I wonder those things as well, but looking at all the data and, and, and the mechanism of how it works, it doesn't even affect DNA at all. It just works on, um, as a, as a messenger 
to your um, certain parts of your cell to produce this. It doesn't infect the. It doesn't. I'm um, in fact. It doesn't affect the. It doesn't go into the nucleus of the cell, which is where your DNA is. So it, no. it, it doesn't have any effect like that at all. It's like if I could blow a, a bubble, like with you know the little soapy bubbles that kids play with, into a gymnasium full of people. I know it's hard to imagine because we weren't, weren't able to do that. But everybody's in there like a basketball game crowd. And, I, and on the bubble, somehow with my magic soap, it would have a message saying clap. And it's going to flow through the arena. But eventually, like all bubbles, they just burst. That's essentially what's going to happen. This is so it has enough time to like get its message out. Like, hey, ribosomes, crank out this protein, and that's going on. But at the same time, our body's also looking for ways to get rid of foreign invaders. And this being one of them, like it's just going to be destroyed as a lot of things It'll are cleaned degraded. up. Yep. yep, and it just goes away. And, and, so and it's, it's gone, only it... message is make this protein it's it's not not like a computer virus that's going to take over and steal your contacts and try to buy a lamborghini (laughs) in some other country it's just like an old computer program that says you know print happy birthday on the dotted paper and that's all it's doing it's and it's just how many of these strips of happy birthday can we print before the bubble bursts and it is okay to be skeptical and have these questions and wonder because i have a million questions i'd like to ask that we won't be able to answer until sometime in the future, but all the stuff I even wonder about and, and just would be so rare anyway, and wouldn't even really have that much of an effect, even if they were true. Like it's okay to have those thoughts. Cause I have them too. I wonder about it, but there is enough um, data out there to show that it's negligible to worry about such things. Like it could be something I wonder about is, so since it is your body making these protein um, spike proteins itself, Will your body, in fact, recognize them as foreign if it's you making them? Yeah, it still will. Um, I don't know if somebody may have be mutated enough to where it creates some weird spike protein that it doesn't recognize, and so then the um, it would just cell be an would ineffective be vaccine ineffective for right. that person. Yeah, right. And would it make it create a spike protein that might could do harm to you? Well, they, they don't really have the ability to do any kind of harm. Like they would, like he said, they would be they would be gone so fast that it wouldn't have the opportunity to do anything. Cause all that spike protein does is latch onto a receptor on your cell and allow something to enter into it. And it goes away as soon as it's used. Like once it's used, it, it chemically goes back to something different. So these things don't have time to really have any other type of effect, at least based on the data that we know now. I mean, everybody can say you, you can live your life by exceptions instead of the general rule, but Odds are you're not listening to this if that's you because you don't have Wi-Fi or anything else and you're in a cave somewhere. (laughs) And you're not curious about stuff like we are. So I mean, yeah, we have a hundred questions we'd like to know. We just won't know. But, and I'm highly skeptical about a lot of stuff. Um, I wouldn't just recommend something willy-nilly. I just think there is enough data for me to show that the huge benefits of getting the vaccine outweigh all these minuscule things about not getting it. And I'd also like to say, while we're talking about that, a lot of these people are just going and getting it just to spite people who don't want to get it. I mean, there's there's both sides of this. They're just going and getting it because their team says to go get it. So they're going to go get it. Um, And then there's people who aren't going to go get it just because they feel like their team doesn't want to get it. And you really shouldn't do that with this. Not, not with what's going on now. In fact, I feel that if you're of 
um, the party that not, not not political party, but the group of people who have COVID fatigue, and you think it's just the government's way of controlling us and doing this and that. Well, the fastest way to take that tool away from them is to eliminate the disease. And the fastest way to do that is for everyone to get vaccinated and then it's gone. And then their tool for this is gone. I just want to add to that as well. This is, we're kind of having a talk along, even though we know there's more than one person that, that this is like a to you thing. Cause that's kind of how podcasts use to talk or someone, this, the nature of how you're saying this is almost like we're being me, you talking to one person. This is something that's real important to me as it should be. Um, it just from this point of view, you might say, well, statistically based on my race or ethnicity or my age or my fitness or whatever, I am the least likely to be part of this as far as a, a potential COVID patient. That is not how public health works. And because <laughs> this one is in our lap, it's in our forebrain and we think and we chew on it. But there's all kinds of things that are going on. You know, all the vaccinations with children and I'm not addressing anti-vaxxers because that's a whole other show. Um, even though it is sort of a lot what we're talking about, but there's, there's a lot more pushback. That's not just somebody who's in that camp. Um, it, there's, that, that's why this is an issue we're talking about is because it's not just that one minority group of people who thinks all vaccines are the worst thing in the world or, or whatever their logic is. And I don't know what that is. And that's improper on me to get too deep in that. If I don't, you know, dig a little deeper and I'll do that another time, but this has to be a buy-in by everybody that is able to get it. And that is appropriate for them. So we're, I'm not going to skip through all this and make it sound like everybody should get it. Because there's definitely some people that should not get it. It is a very tiny group. It's considered all of us 330 in terms of the American population. Like if you've ever had a severe reaction to any of the ingredients are in that. Now you might be like, well, I don't know if I ever have. You're going to know if you've ever had a severe allergic reaction. Now. If you still say yes at that point, going through the algorithm here. And my next question is, was that relative to an injection of some kind of medication? And you say no. Well, then food allergies, pet allergies, all these other things, all recommendations still say you need to get it. So, And even if you have, you're still most likely recommended to get it. Like I've had reactions to injections before. Um, like I said, I think I mentioned not earlier. Right, no, just reaction, not like an allergic reaction, just an adverse right. um, effect of it. And there's and some different things because we're to view you for 30 minutes, which everybody else, I believe the standard guidelines, and I don't know how this has been implemented or what it goes, but at least the latest data I saw was the typical thing for even flu shot, even though things kind of get mushy because both practitioner and patient want to be gone, is I think a 15-minute, you know, in present, you know, whether that's being stared at or just in your area of where you work or whatever, but this is 30 minutes for anybody who's had any kind of allergic reaction. Again, anaphylactic, it's a, it's a no, because we don't, we don't want to trigger that again, because those anaphylactic things, you might've had five of those and EpiPen fixed you every time, but what we don't know is when is it not going to fix you? And that right. person is now there's an asterisk to what I'm saying here. You need to talk to your doctor. By no means is this show ever before now or ever going forward here to give you advice without this disclaimer of you should always talk to your doctor first about any of these kind of exceptionary things. 
because I'm not, you're in charge of your health. I reemphasize that to adults all the time, but all I'm doing is repeating the public data. That's just kind of what we're doing here. It's just sometimes it's either inconvenient or people don't want to take the time to look or whatever reason. And a lot of different media spin things every way. That is just one reason why we wanted to talk about this today is to like make it in a more concentrated form. You can rewind it, play it again, whatever you want to do. The, the data is here, but there's this tiny group that should not receive that. And it more or less always revolves around anaphylactic reactions. Um, and, and even with COVID. So you get your first shot, like you did. If you had had an anaphylactic reaction, their advice to you is no more of any manufacturer of any kind of future COVID vaccine. We hope you get enough from this first round. It is not worth the risk. At least the current data that I have read. Have you seen anything that's any contrary to that? No. So <laughs> if you have not had any anaphylactic reactions, you're still in the yes group. Any more even, you want to so, add to? Yeah. So even if you're worried, you haven't had it, but you're still worried about having it. Um, having the vaccine, there were, so I think there were 22 times, one, two, three, four, five, there's about, I believe they were going to vaccinate somewhere around in an eight hour period. They had planned on vaccinating four to 500 people where I'm at. Well, there were three ambulances sitting outside um, and EMT personnel and all that is there. And they should be at the, um, where you're going to get this. In, in fact, it's required that the vaccinators are trained to respond to that if it happens. Like they are required to have those things. They will have EpiPens. And most likely where you're going to get your vaccine um, is going to be in an area that has a uh, hospital you know, where they could take you to if EpiPen wasn't enough and they needed to give you something else, um, like direct infusion or whatever. So I'm not saying that if you have had an allergic reaction, not to worry about it. Yes, if you have had one, then don't do it. But if you never have, but for some reason you're worried that you would have one, there will be staff there right at the spot um, that will know how to help you. So don't let that stop you either if you haven't had a reaction before. I think I'm making that clear. I'm not saying if you've had a reaction, not to worry about it. You should worry about it if you've had some kind of anaphylactic shock to something that's in the vaccine. And it's easy to find out if you have or haven't. Like Darren said, if you have had a reaction to a vaccine in the past, and I mean anaphylactic, not like your arm was sore or you felt sick later, or that's not the same as an anaphylactic shock that, or anaphylactic reaction. That's very different. 29. That is the number of people to date. And I think that's just us numbers that have had an anaphylactic reaction to the vaccine out of 4.5 million. I don't know that's, what that percentage is, nothing. but it's small. It, it's a hundred percent for that person. So never hear me like saying like any person that's a victim of something or a person who is subject to these things is not important. Obviously every person is important, but when you're talking about mass things and public health, you have to always be looking broad brush. And as long as the broad brush is still safe, you know, we keep plowing forward, so to speak. So 29 people yep. to date out of this is still really, really tiny. I didn't do the calculations on what that is, but if you, you know, 29 out of four and a half million is going to be a point oh 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 some number that goes out to where this is not statistically significant to stop or, you know, pause or anything like that in our vaccination process. Yeah. And 4 million, that's a huge, 
that'll give you a huge p value so it'd be easily for statistics to figure out you know that's that's absolutely statistically insignificant and and in the same vein these are not we're we're not and this is not a blame i'm not interested in those kind of things that's for some other show or articles to do but we're not where we need to be for lots of different reasons and some of those don't have to do with quote fault this is not the same as you just putting two quarters in and buying a can of Coke, which they probably cost a lot more of that now, and you probably can't do that. <laughs> but in my memory, this is not just like grab one and go kind of thing. Obviously, we've already talked about some of the waiting periods and the long lines, and this had to be done in different phases, which I want to get to in a minute about who's in what phase, if there's any ambiguity with that. So some of this, like, quote, slow down or things not being where we wanted things to be, part of that is just because the mechanism of – the giving vaccinations themselves and the particularness with these. I mean, the Pfizer one has a little bit more stringent cold requirements than the Moderna one, but they still both are not just coming in at room temperature and pre-filled syringes to go stick in as many people as you can. There's things that take place for all these things to happen. So it'll take time, but it's going to take people willing to do it. And that's all what I'm trying to say is there's not really a list of logical reasons why anybody wants to not do this there's way more reasons to do this beside even yourself and that is your family and friends and community that that's the biggest push i could have about that conspiracy theories are fun i just don't think that's what's going on with this one and anybody that's interested in my opinion that's where i stand on it it's it's shouldn't worry about that with this shouldn't really start standing on a soapbox with your health or with public health or things similar to that nature. Like if you know, you want to make, if you want to pick a line to draw in the sand, uh, just really, this isn't the right thing to do with that. I mean, just think about what you're doing. I mean, you're not really, you can't say, well, it's just, I'm only hurting myself. Well, that's not really true. We live in a society and in a community and for it to be most effective, it's best for everyone to get it. So if if you're really just doing it for a reason, just whatever your reason, that's just a stubborn reason. It has nothing to do with um, being one of that small group that shouldn't get it for medical reasons. Just rethink it at least. Just think about why you're doing it and in the long term, the positive and negatives of the, the, the problems in society and general health of the public by the huge number of people refuse it. If there is a huge number of people that would refuse to get it for what I would consider silly reasons. Right. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot more to add other than I, I was going to like touch on the phases just for yeah. anybody who might have that curiosity and be like wondering like, when am I going to be in line? I can't give you like a date and time thing, but I can tell you like uh, you said <laughs> we're in one a, um, which right now, at least in our area, I don't know if any other states are not. And this is something that's different in a lot of states because there's different numbers in different states and different geographies and people spread out. There's lots of different reasons for this without getting into like pointing fingers. And again, that's for somebody else. But 1A is healthcare personnel and members of long-term care facilities. Next is 1B, which is frontline essential workers, such as firefighters, policemen, correction officers, food and ag workers. Um, postal service workers, manufacturing workers, grocery store workers, public transit. It's a pretty long list. Um, daycare workers. Those are all 1B. Teachers. I don't want to leave that out because that is a large part of people and the support yeah. staff of these places. That is a large part of our makeup of the country. And that's I think why. we are in 1B now. They're where we're 1B. At. Yeah. 
I, I have heard that there have been some that were phasing into those things. One C are people aged 65 to 74 years old because they're of higher risk for being hospitalized if they were to come down with COVID. Um, then what's going to follow that, which I haven't found any published data yet for what would be, I guess, 1D, unless they want to start the number two, is going to be everybody else. I imagine there there might be a prioritization at that point. Hopefully we have enough numbers and choices of vaccines that it doesn't matter because that's going to take right. us a little, a little bit of time to get to that. Um, it is a two stage vaccine too. We haven't mentioned that. Right. 21 Which, days for Pfizer returns for second dose and 28 days for Moderna for second dose. Right. And I hope that the health departments and people who are responsible in pushing this are, it is important to do the phase correctly to get the most efficacy out of the vaccine. So you don't want, at least people that are in 1A and 1B to just get their first dose and then not be able to get their second. You definitely want those people to get their first and their second because they're affected by it most and they have the ability to transmit it to the most people, which is why they're getting it first to begin with, whether they're healthcare workers or just elderly or people who have comorbidities or other diseases that make it more deadly. So it's important for them to get both doses. Now, there may be some studies and some there's at least some schools of thought coming out that may be delaying the second dose for the generally healthy population might not be a total bad thing to get more people the first dose. Um, we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it, but that's why everyone can't just go and go get it and stand in line like you can at Walgreens or Walmart or wherever you get your flu shot um, and just wait your turn because it's important for them to get their second dose for them to be the most protected. Um, and, and then the those guidelines are going to be later. published because I will just add to that. Some of the more recent stuff that I have read as of today, which is January the 7th was that that is still in debate. Like the, the oh, original yeah. idea, what you said is like what's stamped on paper. Now we're really deciding, okay, it, you know, we're, we're crunching numbers here and that may sort of get erased or marked out. That is what it's standing at today, but just to be like, current up to date for when we're recording this right for the, it, for the limited amount of data we have the first injection seems to give people and I, I um 80 to 90 percent efficacy or protection from the virus whereas one and then two accordingly is somewhere around what 96 to 100 percent 96 to like 99 um, which is what you want to be at for sure but 80 to 90 is pretty good um, but that's, I don't think, I think that is using numbers, um, just generating kind of like a, uh, when you group all a bunch of studies together, when it's kind of like that, using data that way, it wasn't designed to do it that way, but they're grouping the data together to, to determine that 80 to 90% off the first injection. Right. But no matter and what. Again, that may change, but I just want to throw that in there. So I, I, you know, what did you call the guy earlier? Who's always in the crowd yelling something. I don't yeah. want, you know, that guy feeling like he's won here. Cause I'm not going to give you room for that. That may change tomorrow. That may change tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, they may f foresee that, okay, we're getting enough statistics out of one shot for these guys. And the reason we're looking at it is we're not getting production and, or delivered and, and vaccinated fast enough. We're just going to change, and that's okay. Things, a lot of things change in life that, you know, plan B right, is so often C, D, or F is it going to give, it would, would it give more benefit to have 90% of the population, 80% right. protected, or, you know, 50% of the population, 96%. Right. Now, I do agree that the 1A and the 1B should definitely get, it shouldn't be 
wasted or wasted. It shouldn't be extended. The, I feel with the data that's out there and, and just common sense that those two groups, 1A and 1B, should get theirs. But I don't see like 1C and on um, delaying the second dose. That's maybe more beneficial. And I think that's the school of thought for everybody who's thinking about it right now. But, yeah, like you said, it can change. Um, but there is no doubt that two doses is better than one. The question is just, is it better to get more people the first one right. than it would be to slowly get everybody the first and second one? So and we'll see where gamble. that goes. It, 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 you know, they may pick one and they may pick wrong. It's just being human. That's all, you know, all we have to repeat it and beat this drum again is all we have is the data we have. And, and if the data led us to a decision and that turned out not to be the better one, there's no fault. This is a whole, maybe another episode I want to talk about, like fault. We always look at fault in situations. And unless it's a litigious case we're talking about, a lot of times that doesn't even matter. I'm more interested in like where yeah, was the cares? flaw in the data. And it was it just we didn't have enough. That's the flaw. And if that's the case, you have to, because this is, time is an issue here. This is not Sasquatch or UFOs going back to your thing about putting your tinfoil hat on and arguing about these conspiracy theories. Those are fun to listen to sometimes, but there's not a timetable involved. There's a timetable involved and people's lives. I don't know that Sasquatch has killed anybody yet, but maybe he's really slow about it and it's not been publicized. I'm not sure. Open your eyes. (laughs) I don't have any more to add, and I know this is not the most fun topic. It it it's not. It wasn't for me necessarily to read. It's always great to stay abreast of current information and be able to help people, and that that is always good. But as far as just like G whiz fun, which to me podcasts are kind of a vacation from reality. I know this one's not. I just hope it it maybe makes things a little bit more clear for some people if they have any questions about any understanding or anything, and maybe just that last nudge to say, come on. Help us just well, I did have some people Let's try to get back to normal, whatever the new one's going to be. If we were going to talk about it, and the goal was really to talk more about the, like we always do, this, the psychology the and all that behind it. mindset about why people don't want to do it. And we, but we'd be, you know, it'd be a Holding shame if inadequate. we didn't at least get out there. Yeah, right. we'd have to at least say um, what it is, at least try to, you know, give people the information that we have as part of our duty um, as professionals to... to to give data not based on our opinion, but based on, well, I mean, it is based on our opinion, but that should be based on the facts that we have, not. Right. It's more of a judgment of data, feeling. not an opinion in the classical sense of the word opinion. That's true. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Judgment of data based on um, education. Yeah. That's all we got. So I don't have anything cool and fun to add to the end of this. It, 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 I probably should. Has anybody won the gift card yet? Not that I'm aware of. They actually, they might not even hear about the gift card yet because this one is going to go out of order. I think. Yeah, we're jumping order because we feel the importance to kind of push this out. So just stay tuned because there's an offer because <laughs> Eddie is really dying to uh, speak to a person. Um, and I don't want to spoil any of that, but in an upcoming episode, there is an offer. And this is legit. A hundred dollar Amazon card, or if you, for some reason you hate Jeff Bezos, whatever you name a restaurant or a store, we'll make it whatever you want. A hundred dollar <laughs> gift card, and we know if you're faking. So anyway, you'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it, just to be more clear, like we don't. Um, the way our our show works is we don't always um, publish what we've recorded immediately. Um, usually, it's a few weeks later. So 
That's why yeah. we might be talking about 90 degree weather and you're looking outside at two feet of snow. You're like, look at these <laughs> idiots. Like, did they record this yesterday or, yeah. or, or on the equator? <laughs> I thought they said they lived in the South. Their hick voices sound that way, way South. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have anything either. You want to give the email address? Yep. Thoughtworkspodcast at gmail.com. Just like it sounds. Thoughtworkspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm looking forward to, uh, Chipping in with Eddie on this uh, gift card because I really want to hear this conversation he has. Well, I don't have anything to do with the payment of it. It was just my idea. Oh, no. I, I have the recording. We we agreed to chip in. That is true about our recording. I'll take it out of your salary. Okay. That'll work. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time. Well, I've got, send to, us I've got to get this thing ready to publish. Your questions. Yeah. All right. I'll All talk right. to y'all later. See ya. Seen a bunch of run-down no-horse towns Where the church is the backbone, loves in the bow And the five-string melodies grooving With the farmland rows where the roots run deep Beyond the noise of the busy streets Where the songs of the south are soothing When I hear the front porch picking down Home rhythm ringing out I don't run from banjo music Yeah The sound